We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Okay, you hear that music, you know the show. You're listening to Real Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Boy, it was a great weekend for me. Football's back. I was back in the stands. Yes, that's right. I went to the game as a fan. And, you know, I'm struggling with something. I'm really not sure. As much as I enjoy playing the game, I've heard many fans talk about the experience of the living room. And that living room, <laughs> once I got home out of those stands and I was able to sit and watch multiple games, boy, I'm kind of thinking about it now. I don't know if I'm enjoying the experience of being at the game or actually being at home and, and watching the game. But it was, it was great football. I, I'm, I'm proud of the young men. Uh, they continue to give us a product that we can be happy we paid for the ticket. You know, sometimes you may go, your entertainment isn't worth the price of the ticket, but certainly here in Phoenix, as I got a chance to see the Arizona Cardinals uh, play against Cam Newton, that was a, it was a hell of a game, and um, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But, uh, but first of all, what I'm going to do is, you know, it's, I think it was last week, I had intended to, to kind of talk about something that was a, it was an experience for me that I, you know, every now and then you have some experiences in your life where you're like, wow, did that really happen? You know, and, and not only you or some other people. And, and I had one of those kind of experiences when I went to a preseason game and, and, and I bumped into a couple of folks that were from, um, from my area, from, from my, uh, home state and from 90 miles up the road from me and, uh, Kind of listen to a couple of things. I got I got to give you this story so you can really appreciate this story because my daughter was at the game, and you know my daughter knowing that her dad used to play for the Cleveland Browns, she kind of gets excited when she sees people with Cleveland Browns paraphernalia on. And there was a guy that had some Cleveland Browns paraphernalia on, and he had maybe a little bit too much to. He consumed too much of his beverages that day. And so she was telling me about it. It was kind of funny, but she was a little scared. She thought maybe he might be upset with her. And it turned out that the guy really was upset with her, but he, he frightened her a little bit. So I'm in line, and I see some guys with some bronze paraphernalia. I'm at a Cardinals game, okay? So what are the chances that I'm a, there's two people in the whole Cardinals stadium with bronze paraphernalia on? Probably zero to none. So I thought maybe this was a guy who would harass my daughter, but this guy, he didn't seem like he was intoxicated at all. 
And so we just kind of got to talking, and of course it wasn't. But in studio with me today, I don't have the guy who had the bronze paraphernalia on, but I have his buddy with me. I've got Bill Woodard with me, and, 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 and Bill, I, I, I'm first of all, thank you for joining me here in the studio, and, and thank you for sharing a piece of your life with me that I shared a piece of my life with you, and we never knew we had done that at that particular time. But, of course, I, I heard you and your good friend, you know, having a conversation. I just kind of listened in and asked you guys if you were from Ohio. And, and as I do a lot of times, when I, when I meet people, uh, I just kind of listen a little bit, you know. And, uh, and then after it's over with, if it's appropriate, you know, I join into the conversation. And I reveal some things because I'm not the kind of guy who, you know, every place I show up, oh, I'm this person. And, and most of the time, people say, "Well, who are you anyway?" But <laughs> nowadays, you can Google people anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, certainly, welcome to the studios, Bill, and, 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 a, and a, a place and a position in which you're very comfortable with because you've done media before, you've done radio, and, and I want to welcome to our studios here at Voice America Sports. Thank you so much. What a pleasure and what an honor to be with you on your show today, Ray. It's just a, just a delight. And and you are right. I mean, you played me like a fiddle. <laughs> We were standing in line waiting to get on the shuttle buses back to the parking lot. And That's a long way, too. Boy, that was a long walk. And the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the thing that was going on was my buddy and I were, were uh, talking about the uh, you know, old school days. Of when and who's your buddy? What's your, can we say his name on the air? Sure, Roger. Roger, that's right, Roger. So Roger, was, Roger and I were talking about how uh, it was uh, just so heartbreaking. I don't know how, to, how we got on the subject. We were talking about uh, being in the stadium in Cleveland at the old municipal stadium during the season when the Browns uh, were playing the, the uh, uh, Broncos, and it was the drive. It was the drive game. And so uh, oh. uh, I was there. People, you can't see me, but I'm holding my heart right now. Oh, Every time know. I hear that, the drive. <laughs> and I've got, a, I've got a hanky handy because I'm just I may need tearing it. up. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, we're, we're talking about what, uh, and, and, and to your point, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, sports sports is the common denominator that a lot of us share that have unforgettable life experiences. And for for us that day, it was a life experience to be in a room or, you know, a stadium, but but in a, in a space where, you know, 90,000 90, people felt such a euphoric feeling to be part of that energy and to just be hugging people you don't know and kissing women you've never seen before. <laughs> there you go. And getting hugged on by people that, you know, you probably wouldn't care to be hugged on, you know, in other <laughs> places at other times. But it, it was all beautiful because at that moment, uh, you, you know, there were 90,000 people in that space at that time that were united in a euphoric moment in time that will just never, ever be forgotten. And for me, it was it was so special because, as as I told you, Bill, as I listened to your conversation um, that you guys were having, and and I said, you know, let me see how I could enhance this. What 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 could I add to this to to make the experience mm-hmm. even different? And 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 that part of the the conversation that you just shared with all those people that are listening. Again, if anybody would like to join into this, is a celebration I'm having for myself because <laughs> I, I'm just dreaming because 25 years ago, almost this week, because. The first game I didn't play with the Cleveland Browns, but 
in that game, they played against the Chicago Bears in Chicago. They almost won it, but they lost. So I didn't join them until the second game of the season. But 25 years ago to this portion of the season, the Cleveland Browns, you know, embarked upon a season that became a record-breaking season, won more games than they ever won in history, 12 games, went to the AFC Championship, lost in what's become famously known as the drive. And 10 years prior to that, I was graduating from the halls of Canton McKinley High School. So so it was special to me. It remains to be special to me. And to bump into somebody. Now, what Bill didn't share with you, he, he fast-forwarded to the drive. But this man actually sat in the stands and, and watched the game that almost, you know, prevented the drive from ever happening. And that was a New York Jets game. And, 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 and as a matter of fact, was so boldly, I don't know if you want to tell those. Yeah, I'm going to tell those people. He called back to Arizona, I believe, and told those people, well, guess what? Um, I don't think I'm going to be there next week <laughs> because was, there's another game. <laughs> I was living in Phoenix at the time, and I was, uh, and I'd flown to uh, Cleveland to go home and visit uh, family and to attend the the, the uh, semifinal game against the Jets. And so, uh, late in the fourth quarter, when the Jets took a lead that uh, at the time in the game seemed insurmountable, I think there were about six minutes left, and the Browns were down by ten points. So I looked at my buddy and said, "Well, if the Browns come back and win this game, I'll get us tickets to go to the AFC Championship." Not thinking that the Browns were ever going to be able to do it. It's not that I didn't love you guys, not that I didn't think you could do it, but it was just Cleveland, man, and and we know we all know that I'm from Ohio, so we, I, I understand. We're used to heartbreak. If I was in the stands, I probably would have felt the same way you did. Well, I uh, knowing that you were on the field uh, that day and were part of that is just uh, such a such a delight to be able to uh, sit here and reminisce with you because, uh, as as you know, and as you were. You were part of the the comeback. The the Browns came back and uh, tied the score, and uh, the Browns went on to win in double overtime, the first double overtime game in uh, NFL history to, to to beat the Jets. And so my buddy says to me after the game, "So, well, how are you going to get us tickets to to the <laughs> AFC Championship game?" Well, I hadn't thought about it because I didn't think I was going to have to do it. Wow! So I called my my boss back here in in Phoenix and said, "Oh, I'm taking a I'm taking a week off because I got to be here in Cleveland <laughs> to figure out wow. how to how to buy tickets and get to the AFC Championship." game the next weekend. And you know what's so interesting about that is I said that game almost never happened, that game being the drive, is because, you know, there's so many different parts of a football game that some of them you can comp- you can prepare for, but then there's other things where you're just instincts take over or some people who are more astute as terms of where we're at in the game at this particular time and what needs to be done and what I should do. Freeman McNeil Late in the game, in order to put the Jets up by, I think, 10 or whatever, scored a touchdown that he probably should not have scored because it would have had put us in a position where we would have had to use whatever timeouts we had, and it wouldn't have been enough time on the clock for us to get the ball back twice. So even though it was a nice run and it was a touchdown, he should have done, I think it was a Brian Westbrook, uh, who, of course, uh, uh, fell down on the one-yard line when the Eagles were playing the Cowboys a, a couple years ago. But because Freeman did not do that, he went into the end zone. They didn't have to kick the ball off to us. Uh, and, of course, you know, they put the hands, uh, the ball in the hands of, of Bernie Kosar. And, and then again, you know, coaching, you know, a guy like Bill Belichick, who last year, I believe, you know, on fourth down wanted to go for one yard, 
because he didn't want to put the ball in the hands of Peyton Manning because he knew what could have happened. That tells you that, and, and most people thought, Bill, what are you doing? You know, and that probably would have happened if the Jets coach would have told their running back to fall down. Right. You know, what are you doing? Why don't you score a point? You know, but it's just knowing where you're at in the game, what the situation is. And, uh, for the Jets, you know, I'm glad that they weren't, uh, the great students of the game <laughs> that they should have been at that particular time. Cause if, if they would have, uh, fell down, of course, we would have never got a chance to do that. But, you know, just that experience, I mean, for me, they're, they're, they're not words, Bill, you know, and I, you know, I couldn't have asked anybody to, you know, like somebody's going to say kind words to you, you know, if somebody could say something nice about you, uh, to hear those unrehearsed words that you and your friends were sharing, you know, it, it put, it was a, you touched a special place in my heart. And, and it made me think, you know, 20, here we are 25 years later. Well, what are the chances that you think? I mean, the season has started off the same. They lost the first game. Do you think the <laughs> uh, you and I can go down memory lane to oh, yeah. that game? Oh, Do you yeah. think this season for the Browns is there a chance? I mean, we lost the first game twenty five years ago. We lost oh, the first game this year. Is there a chance that the Browns could possibly, let's just say, get back into the playoffs? Because you know the Ravens and 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 the Steelers, although they beat up on each other, those are still damn good. Football teams, but they do you think we still stand so a chance? I mean, 25 years ago, did you guys think? I mean, when the season, as things started rolling, yeah, but I don't remember that preseason thinking. Although in '85, that season, the Browns, I think Bernie did pretty good. They may have made the playoffs at eight and eight. They made the playoffs at eight and eight, and there was a lot of reason to be optimistic in '86. Uh, the there were a lot of young studs on that team. There were a lot of guys that uh, wanted to play in Cleveland. There, uh, uh, Schottenheimer uh, was a was a was a coach that guys wanted to rally around. Uh, although, I'm not. I'm still not sure what a gleam, what the gleam is. Yeah, men. <laughs> if, if you, you, this is a true fan because I am because telling you, you. Because you were in the huddle exactly and you heard right. it. And, and, and listen, what were you thinking when he said? I, I saw Marty years <laughs> later before I moved out here to Arizona. There was a couple career things I was considering, and one of them was, you know, to uh, apply for a couple job openings that were in the league, and, and one of them was a job opening that Marty had at Kansas City. And, and I, and I told Marty, I said, you know, in, in my, I guess it would be an interview, kind of informal, cause we were in Atlantic City at, um, uh, at an event, it was a charity event, and Marty was, uh, participating. And I said, Marty, um, in closing, um, I'm here because there's a gleam. Uh huh. And, and I want to <laughs> help you, you know, get that gleam, you know. That didn't help me get the job. <laughs> Marty oh. did not hire me. I didn't get the job. <laughs> but I remember, you know, and I think that's on the the 1986 highlight film. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh or, uh, yeah, and, oh and that, yeah, and and Marty talks about that gleam. But you know what? It's one of those things where it's, we don't know what that gleam is, but we know, yeah, we want to get that too. Because that to Marty, that meant that's where that championship is, guys. Well, you know, and I- go for it. Let's let's go get his R's. Let's get it. I saw I saw a soundbite of him on YouTube. I think uh, a, a few months ago, trying to figure out what what did he mean? Because anybody who's ever seen NFL films and you've seen you know the the NFL films version of greatest games of the of, of the of the century and you know that 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 game with uh, the the drive that the uh, the Denver uh, came back and beat the Browns in the AFC Championship game after the '86 season is one of the often. Uh, 
acknowledged ten most uh, ten greatest games of the of of, of the uh, century. So uh, you'll see. I mean, fans all over the country have seen that highlight where you know, Marty's in the huddle before the game and he goes, "There's a gleam, men. There's a gleam." And you kind of scratch your head and say, what <laughs> does that mean, yeah. Coach? <laughs> well, and you know, what was really interesting but, is that was, it was not before the game. It was actually a part of one of those double, one of those overtime games. Oh, and, oh and, and that's what, you know, NFL films can manipulate those oh, scenes okay. to make you, but okay. that was not before a game. It was right at, and I think it was maybe the Jets or, you know, one of those uh, games of which it was overtime because, you know, I, and I think it was the Jets, and Marty mentioned that, oh, and, and that's okay. how, and it was wow. about it was about playoff and going to that next level and getting that championship. But listen, we, we surprisingly we got a friend on the phone, oh. <laughs> and so but we're gonna do Rogers on the phone. Oh my god! And what we're gonna do? We're gonna take okay. a break. I hope you can stay. I know you had to leave, but okay, Bill's gonna stay with us. Rogers on hold. I also think we got another, you know, our good supporter and, and and friend who always calls us. I think Kevin's on, but we're gonna take a break, and then we're gonna come back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. flagship station for sports voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely despise her especially at one to two and it's anything but the same old horse racing show this is a nine horse field but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras playing to win with andy serling a show seriously committed to making more money at the game but with a personality this is a dunce cap horse for me if this horse wins next week i got the dunce cap on you bet.com's playing to win presented by the daily racing form look for it the day before big race days mostly fridays find a complete schedule in the daily racing form or click on playing to win at you bet.com Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, you hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I got my good friend Bill Woodard with me here in the studios. And, you know, I want you guys to know now, I, I saw the guy with the Browns paraphernalia on. I, I, I didn't 
say anything. I didn't do the wrong thing. But he joined that conversation with us, even though I'm thinking, is this the guy who was going to beat my daughter up? And, and of course it was. It This was a fine gentleman. And uh, plus he um, is a great Browns fan. And he's Bill's friend. And now he's my friend. And, and, and Roger, of course, is on the line with us to, to help us go back 25 years and, and share some of his experiences. Well, Roger, how are you? Very good. Yeah, we met because I was wearing a brown shirt. That's to right. A Arizona Cardinals game. <laughs> Isn't that something? And and I, and I don't know if you heard this other part, Roger, but and I didn't tell you guys. Well, I may have told you guys a little bit, but of course, my, it was my daughter's fault. Really, we met because I saw your brown paraphernalia, and there was a guy who was harassing her at the game, and she's only sixteen years old. So, uh, of course, uh, it wasn't you, you know, obviously. But there was. A, I want you to know, you weren't the only Browns fan. In that sellout crowd at Cardinal Stadium, there was another guy there, <laughs> and he had uh, some Browns paraphernalia. But listen, let me ask you something. Now, of course, uh, you know, our good friend Bill here was willing to lose his job to see perhaps maybe the Browns go on uh, to the uh, Super Bowl. Uh, was it was it the same challenges for you at that particular time in terms of am I going to go to work on Monday or the next week? Or, or were you living out here? I mean, were you living back then in Ohio or were you out here in Arizona? No, uh, actually, I was I was neither. Uh, I, I lived in San Diego for 20 years, so I was in San Diego, and I watched that game. The, those games were on national TV, so yes. we, we had a party and watched that game, and then the following year, the drive, and then the following year, the Biner fumble. Uh, but we, there was a bar in San Diego that was a Browns bar. It was in Pacific Beach, and we used to go to watch every Browns game in Pacific Beach in San Diego. And then uh, uh, we watched the game of the drive. Actually, we had a little party of all the Cleveland people we knew in San Diego that came and watched the game with us. But I didn't uh, have the opportunity to uh, go back to Cleveland for that one. Yeah, and I'll, I'm going to tell Although you what. I, I offered you tickets, man. If you remember, <laughs> you just you just didn't want to drop the dime to take the flight. Hey, I'll, I'll yeah. tell you this. If Bill ever offers anybody tickets, take them because he's going to come through. You know, sometimes a person will offer tickets. They'll call you back and say, oh, boy, I, I couldn't get them. They couldn't come through. But this this is a guy who's willing to. You waited this in was, line all night. This didn't was you? before Ticketmaster. Oh. I, I stood in line in 28 degree sleet weather from 11.30 p.m. until the gate opened at 8 o'clock in the morning with, wow. with uh, several thousand pretty uh, inebriated people who were drinking <laughs> whiskey out of flasks all night to try to stay warm out in that parking lot. Hey, I bet you, uh, Roger, now, we, we were talking about the Jets game, which allow us to, to play in that uh, in that game against Denver, which is known as, as the drive, but uh, were you watching that Jet game at, at the same bar by chance? And if you were... Did the people leave, or did they start throwing anything at the oh. screen prior to the game ending? Because you know, it didn't look as if it was going to end the way it did. Oh, we, 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 yeah, we did. We thought it was over. In fact, I did watch that at a bar because, because during that those years, I, I, I had a VCR and I and I taped every Browns game, and uh, so I could watch it at the bar and then go home and watch it on, watch it on on the TV. But but I was telling Bill earlier that I. I didn't I, I would only set it for three and a half or four hours, and I didn't realize the game was going to be that long. <laughs> so, so when I went back to watch it, 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 it cut off. I think with 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 Gastineau's sack. Oh wow! And then that was it. And and actually, the, another friend of ours sent me the tape of the of, of the of the overtime. 
so that I have the full tape of it now. Oh, you do? Well, see, that's what friends are for, because, guys, guess what? I don't. You don't? No, I do not. I mean, and you know what's what's really wild about this? There is a lot of things, and that's why it's so special, really, to to talk with people who who are generally, you know, fans of the organization like I am now. And to share their experiences, but but sometimes you guys don't realize your experiences are better than ours because some of the stuff we don't even we don't see. You know, I don't want to go back, but you know, as an example, what I didn't, I never saw Woody punch that guy when I was at Ohio State, the guy from Clemson. I didn't see that. So whenever it was on video or on television, I finally got a chance to see that. But you know, that's a horse of a different collar. I didn't mean to go there. God bless you. Forgive you, Coach Hayes. We do. <laughs> but yeah. but still, I mean, there are experiences that guys that play the game that we really just don't get the full experience. And that's what I was talking about, watching games on TV or actually going in the stadiums uh, and, and being there to fill it. Now, I, I, you, you know, of course, Bill was there. Roger wasn't there. Bill, let me ask you something. Do you think your experience was better by being at the game or do you think, you know, Roger had one up on you because, you know, he's watching TV, he's getting all the instant replays in a bar, everybody's screaming and yelling. Over the years, what's been the best experience for you to go to the ball game or to watch him on television? You know, and that's a, that's a, that's a very uh, poignant question because I think that, that, that is indicative of our desire as people to bond with others in a group and we we all want to be part you know being from cleveland i mean uh, they, they they may have the greatest uh tagline uh in sports because you know a lot of times the the, the cleveland indians are called the tribe mm-hmm. and they say well are you part of the tribe mm-hmm. you know yeah we're, we're all part of our own tribes mm-hmm. you know whether you're a jets fan or a chiefs fan or a, a chargers fan i mean we all we all want to be part of a tribe you know we all want to we all want to collectively celebrate uh, in unison, you know, the triumph of our of our guys over, you know, the the, the other guys, uh, and and so sure, I mean, I'm sure it was a lot of fun to be in the Browns bar in San Diego. It's a lot of fun to be at a Browns bar in Phoenix. In yeah. fact, oh I, yeah, I, I need to, I need to see if we can get you up to the, uh, one of the Browns bars in in uh, Phoenix one of these Sundays to uh, to uh, have the the, the 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 folks in Phoenix. Uh, Celebrate the fact that uh, you're here now. Uh, that would that would be great. We'd love we'd love to see you. But but uh, to be in that space again, just uh, to to be in 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 the stadium where ninety thousand people were there, and you I mean you could feel the energy. I mean it's it's kind of hard to describe it, but but it it was it was such a life changing moment. You know mm. to, to 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 be in that space with those people at that time, and and to literally you know be. Hugging people, shaking people, uh, shaking hands with people, kissing people—you know—just it didn't matter who you were. We were all part of something bigger than any one of us at that moment. So, and, it was sounds, all be- and it was all because of you. Well, kind of sounds, <laughs> it was all because of sounds you, right? to me like a priceless, a priceless <laughs> yeah. moment. Would you agree with that, Roger? I mean, that. that well, I, well, I would, but but, but th- there's a double-edged sword to it because I, I think when you're there in person and you have a game like that, it hurts more to be that close. You're around a lot of people, but I remember, I mean, I remember both years, the drive and Biner's fumble and how I felt like right after it happened. And I, I just had to be alone. I mean, I, I had to go uh, just walk out of the room and be alone. Wow. And, and I, I, I don't know if I would have wanted to be in the stadium at that point. Well, and, I, and that's a good point I, because, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about, uh, a couple of times here this afternoon already, the, the euphoria that came when the Browns scored the touchdown to put them ahead with two minutes left. Mm. The flip side of that 
is the despair and the heartbreak and the and the uh, sorrow that came sharing that feeling with 90,000 people yeah, well, I walking guess, out of the state. Now that, uh, you know, and, and right now we're talking about the drive, and, and we're talking about, of course, with two minutes ago, and I think it might have been exactly, what, uh, a minute and I forget how many, 58 seconds or something like right. that. You know, the drive didn't actually win the game, but the ball, the kick we kicked off, we scored, the kicked off, you know, it fumbles it on the two, we tackle him. And but I will say this one, one thing that that I won't forget about that game, and and that's why there are certain things in life that we experience that we want other people to experience it. We want our, our family and friends to experience it because you, they just don't happen. They happen once in a lifetime. But I remember because I was a safety on the field goal, and I tell everybody to this day I don't think the field goal was good. That's what the field goal that won the game for the Broncos. But I remember just turning, looking, ball went over the. You know, I guess they say it went over just the inside of the upright. And I just turned and walked off the field. And, and I remember it was like they didn't wait. It, they called it good. And the fans immediately, kind of unbelievably, I just wouldn't believe they would ever do it. They cheered. It was over. But as we walked off the field, everybody stood and they cheered for us, you know. And it kind of made you think, wow, that they appreciated the effort. We loved you, man. And we didn't want to. We, but we don't want to accept. It wasn't that we were accepting it, but we were accepting the, what we now, because I'm, you know, former player, was accepting the effort. You know, it's different if you get blown out, you know, like last night's game. You know, you got people in Denver booing their quarterback and asking for Tim Tebow. You know, there was no booing going on. Everybody felt that we gave it the best we possibly possibly could, but I believe we were the better team. The better team doesn't always win. Uh, I think we'd have played better against the Giants in that in that Super Bowl. But th- that was that was just amazing. But I'm but I'm gonna say this, Roger. I know you watched it on TV, and Bill and I was there. But I think it was better being there <laughs> than watching it on TV. Well, well, it certainly would have been had they won. <laughs> I mean, it, w- it would have been it would have been unbelievable. But but after the loss, I just I, you know I I, I I rival that with. When I think of, of painful moments in, in the Cleveland era, I think of, to jump to another sport, uh, Jose Mesa's blown save in, in 1998. Oh, the Indians. We, we were on the cusp of going to the world, to winning the World Series. 97. Wow. wow. 97. I, yeah. uh, wow. Hey, I got a yeah. guy on the line. I got to let him join. Don't go anywhere, Roger. Stay with us. But I got Jeff from Collingwood. Is Jeff, Jeff, you on the line? I'm here. Hey, how are you, Jeff? Hey, I'm doing fine, oh, Mr. Ellis. I uh, just wanted to call in and uh, just uh, thank you for your service as a member of the Browns. I'm a lifelong Browns fan, and um, just wanted to add that I'm sorry to hear that you're running into characters like Bill and Roger out there. Hey, they're uh, everywhere, man. They're everywhere. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was actually at the drive game with Bill, and uh, talk about a devastating loss, because I just remember uh, I live in Columbus now, so okay. I had to get in the car and drive Go back Bucks. home. And I vividly recall, you know, 85,000 people walking out of the stadium in complete silence, and I remained in silence until I got to around Mansfield, and then I said some really bad words. So <laughs> it was really a rough loss. Well, you know, this is uh, Internet radio, so you can share a bad word or two oh, with oh, us. No. After all, Jaws, if Jaws can say it on Monday Night Football, you can certainly say it. That's true. Well, I don't want to go, I don't want to go the Jaworski route, that's for sure. But, uh, Anyway, I just want to call and say uh, hello to uh, my friends and um, just wanted to get your take as to whether you thought uh, there was any hope for the Browns uh, this year and in the future with the new uh, management and head coach. Well, you know, it's interesting that you said that because that's what this show is all about because, of course, you know, 
it's kind of hard for a former player not to be a homer when it comes to a team that he played for. So not, not only did I grow up down here in Canton, Ohio, and, of course, went to Ohio State and, you know, got a chance to come home for my 10th high school anniversary to play, uh, you know, for the Cleveland Browns in that AFC Championship game. So I'm hoping that in, in 25 years, I mean, why not? We've waited all this long. It's been 25, but the 25-year anniversary to get, to the playoffs would be amazing for the team and, and for the franchise, you know, uh, and, and just all the energy. Because I don't know if you guys were, we were all removed from Cleveland at that time, so we wouldn't know the financial condition of the city. But I remember, I remember in the newspapers, the city was actually bankrupt that year. I mean, the, the financial condition, well, I guess it's similar to what's going on with the economy now. You know, right. stock market crashed back then in 87. And so, I just remember that the energy, the Browns was all the city had. Yeah. And, and with LeBron leaving last year, uh, you know, India's doing pretty good right now, just like what they were then doing okay. Um, boy, I'm, I'm gonna hang my hat and not, until it's over. And fortunately or unfortunately, you can find out in football in about week 12, if it's over or not, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to hang in there and, and until about week 12, and I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say, you know, and, and not that history is going to repeat itself, but I think they could do one up on us and, and possibly get to the bowl. Now, is it going to be a lot of luck involved? I don't necessarily, in football and in sports, period, because I've done it and I know what it takes, uh, you know. Yeah, every now and then you get a break, uh, but they got to work damn hard to, to earn those breaks in the conference they're in, the division they're in now. And, and something else I'm going to ask you guys, because we're going to have to take a break here pretty soon. On our way to getting to the playoffs, and, and, and of course the jet game, and also uh, the drive, we did, um, there was another little piece of history there, and I'm going to see how many... You know, real factually strong Brown fans we have on this line. But uh, I believe we got to take a break. We're going to come back, and I want to know prior to, if one of the three of you guys can answer, prior to, there was another piece of history that happened on our way to that. And uh, I'm going to share that with everybody in case you guys don't know on the other side of break. Okay, we're going to go to break and listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Take three. Action. No clouds in my stones. Let it rain. I have the plane in the bank. Coming down at the Dow Jones. When the clouds come, we go. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. 
When it comes to youth and high school football, listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstand10football.com. Your national resource for youth and high school football. First and Ten Football airs Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Coast to Coast Mixtapes.com. the show you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I got Roger, Bill, and Jeff on with me. Avid Cleveland Browns football fans. But in this day and era, modern day and era, my version of are you smarter than a football player? And I've got one guy, a very successful businessman on his phone. Uh I'm the smartest guy in the room right now, the football player is, because I stumped them with a question that they don't have the answer to yet, and I'm going to give them one more chance. There was a, a, this isn't a small piece of history. I mean, this is like Mount Rushmore piece of history that happened. Well, that Mount Rushmore, they won the Super Bowl, but that didn't happen. But 1986, one more chance. Roger, you got it? You don't have it? No, don't have it. Oh, okay. Jeff? Uh, I'm stumped. Wow. Okay. This is. I'm going to tie this into. This is another little piece of the Rayless history here. Uh, the first professional baseball game I ever went to in my life. I was a little boy, and I traveled east, and I went to a city called Pittsburgh, and I watched the baseball game in a stadium that was shared with the Pirates and the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it was called Three River Stadium. Correct. And in 1986, for the first time ever in history, the Cleveland Browns beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in Three River Stadium. That's oh, right. Wow. That's right. That is guys. right. Yeah, yeah, guys. See? And and, I, and and listen, and this isn't about, this is just a sharing or experience of growing up. Guess who the defensive most valuable player of the game was? Uh, could it have been number 25? You wrong. <laughs> <laughs> number 24, thank you very much. 24. That's my only, that's, that's it. That's me. That's mine. That's my little place in history there. But yeah, that was amazing to me. And, and, and what's interesting, and, and I know you guys had to love that because we had, of course, that three river stadium. We go over there. We play them tough. We just couldn't beat them. And, uh, that was my first time. I think, I don't know if we played the Steelers at home first. But I know, obviously, that year, you know, you play them once home and once away. And we yeah. went into uh, Three River Stadium. And prior to the game, all week long, they were talking about the jinx. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea what the hell the jinx was. And, and they said, well, we've never beat Pittsburgh and, and Three River Stadium. And I said, well, I don't believe in jinx. Wow. And, uh, and, and sure enough, we went in there. And, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Cube 
might have ran a touchdown back, a kickoff or a punt back, you know. But uh, it, it was just a good game, and and we won in Three River Stadium for the first time. So if you guys now, if you can go back in history thinking about that, do you remember now? Anybody remember that? Oh Brown? yeah. Oh, you remember yeah, that one? Absolutely. Okay, okay. Who was who, who the Pittsburgh quarterback? Oh gosh, uh, uh, Mark I, Malone. Malone. I'll tell you what. Uh, that's another story I get. I don't know who he was, but I do remember that Terry Bradshaw was doing some games at that particular time. Terry had retired, and I had said Terry had uh, when I was playing with the Eagles. Uh, I had shared, uh, you know, how they get the guys to come in and, and you talk to the reporters before the game, and you always hear them doing the broadcast. They say, "Well, yesterday we talked to." Well. We were playing for the Eagles. We were playing somebody. I don't remember who. And Terry got a chance to interview me. And I told him as growing up, you know, you know, I liked a lot of teams. I liked the Browns, but I liked uh, uh, Starworth. And as a receiver for Kent McKinley Bulldogs, I used to try to emulate him the best. And in the broadcast, Terry just took upon himself to say, well, he certainly was no, you know, Starworth. I said, okay. Okay, I just can't wait. If I ever get a chance, to, you know, I'm going to take it out on you, <laughs> you know, whatever. It's going to be your fault that I do what I do against the Steelers. And and I got it. So I, I went in with a chip on my sh- Nobody knew why I had this chip on my shoulder. Wow. But it was because of, you know, nasty remark. I felt, Terry, you didn't have to go there. But I, I was a little kid. I was just trying to emulate a pro. And he said he was no. And I said, okay. You're going to pay for that. Good. But listen, guys, I, I, if you guys got any other Brown stories, come on, share with me. But first of all, Jeff, before you go anywhere, I want to know, of course, uh, and, and I haven't got a chance um, uh, to ask Roger, but I'm going to ask you first, Jeff, do you think 25 years later, I mean, what better time, you know, to, to, to repeat history and at least get back to the AFC Championship game? Do you think we stand a chance? The season is starting off the same way it did 25 years ago. They're 0-1. Is there yeah. a chance? I was going to say, I usually wait till the midpoint to see if there's any hope. If they're, you know, even if they're at four and four at that point, I think there's always hope. Uh, but, uh, the 25 year anniversary would be fine by me. We're talking about the, uh, Pittsburgh game in Three Rivers. I remember the Pittsburgh game in Cleveland because, um, I'm actually going on 25 years of being married and that was the first wow. game that I took Melanie to after she foolishly said I'd like to see a Browns game sometime and I took her to three games and they all went into overtime or double overtime in the cold but wow. uh, she hung in there but I remember uh, the uh, Pittsburgh game in Cleveland with uh, Kozar's uh, bomb to uh, slaughter uh, to win that one uh, which I think was that season but uh, in terms of where they are now I, my only concern is I think that the team is pretty young and you know I think they may be building kind of like the Indians are but you know how far they get hard to say well, R- Roger, you want to chime in on that one? Well, it didn't, certainly didn't look good Sunday when, when, when they lose to probably the worst team in football. So I'm not confident this year because Pittsburgh and Baltimore are just still too good. And you're yeah. looking at a possible four losses right there. Yeah, you're you're right about that. And 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 while uh, I guess if there is any indicator, the fact that you did lose to the Cincinnati Bengals the first game of the year, you know, wow. At home, at home. Yeah, yeah. And and they were ahead, I believe, in the fourth quarter. The Browns were ahead, and and that's one thing about winning. I can tell you guys this is that, you know, people who win football games when they're ahead. You, you know how to win. It's almost like boxing. You, you got to know how to you know, finish the guy, you know. And that's what they always talk about in football is that that you have to, you know, finish. And you learn how to win. You don't panic when you're down, you know. And the good teams, they never do that. Uh, but the teams that are not real comfortable with winning, it's almost like you can feel them and the emotion that they might even feel like, 
oh, they're going to come back on us. You know, and it's almost like you can fill it in the stands. You know, the fans don't feel real comfortable with the lead. It's like mm, they're not going to be able to secure it. But, but I certainly... I, I certainly have always felt when I was in Cleveland, you know, and I was playing with the Browns, you know, I watched a couple games this past weekend. And when you see quarterbacks like Mark Sanchez, who, who can't look at the kicker when he's about to kick it, and, 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 and Tony Romo, who you don't have confidence in at the end of the game that you want. When, we, when I played for the Browns, and if it were late in the fourth quarter, and the ball was in the hands of Bernie Kosar, I felt Bernie was... You guys may have even seen that highlight film. You know what I'm saying? Come on, Bernie, take him home, Bernie, take him home. I knew that Bernie had the confidence in himself and the tools that he had around him that he could win the game. And I'll also say something else about this, too. You know, you know Mark Sanchez, uh, I don't know if Mark is the kind of guy that I want on my team if he doesn't believe in me so much so that he can't even look. I mean, you don't, I mean, come on, what do you, how much confidence do you have in me that you can't even watch me, cheer me on, that you gotta turn your back and you don't wanna look? Now, I can understand guys holding hands, yeah. you know, maybe praying, that kind of stuff, but you don't turn your, you don't turn your back on the guy and like, well, I don't even wanna look, you know. Yeah, because I may do that with you. I, you're telling me that you don't feel I can do this. But yet still, it's a two-minute drive, and we got to trust in you. Suppose all of us turned our back on you. you know, so I don't think if that's a leader, I don't think that's the kind of leader you want to have. So for, so for all of us Browns fans, what we got to do now is we got to trust in the Browns. we got to have confidence in them that they may not have in themselves. And, and every now and then a team can do something. When you start winning a few games that you're not expected to win, the next thing you know, you find yourself in a position where, hey, maybe they can. And, and you start believing. Because the signs in the stadium that year was, in that particular game of the drive, when you looked up there, there was a sign that said, we believe. Mm-hmm. You know, and wow. Let Almost ask, happened. Let me ask you. I mean, you, you hear uh, references to the, to the fans in the stadium being the 12th. 12th fan or, or, or the 12th man on the field you know as a player do you really feel that that the, the home well you, I, I, really I, 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 I can kind of a I can tell you this there are many times where people ask me that question and I kind of tune the fans out but there but there are times where you're aware particularly when they're your fans you're aware that they're there and and I mean you see a lot of guys nowadays they'll ask the fans to kind of get into it you know stand up and make noise uh, to disrupt the offense, you know, and that certainly helps. That's that's the twelve that twelfth man advantage really is there in that particular case. Uh, but once the the play happens, you're you're zoomed in and you're not focused on the fans. But in between plays, um, you know, there is that time where you know you acknowledge, oh, that the stadium is full with our people, our folks, and we need them on our side. And when you're in a hostile environment, somehow you have this innate ability to just tune them out. And you don't even really recognize it, that they're there. You don't acknowledge them until you're on the sideline. And hopefully you've done something good so you can tease them. But uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no. But but that 12th man, it, it does exist uh, when it when it's a home crowd. Hey, hey, Jeff, are you going to get a chance to make it back to Cleveland at all this year? Well, as a matter of fact, I'm uh, hoping to get up there in a couple weeks for a game. And then I've got uh, a client uh, who, oddly enough, uh, is in Wisconsin. But he's from northeast Ohio who's coming back for a game. But interestingly, it's because he's... A lifelong Rams fan, uh, which makes no sense. Shame uh, on him. When he, I know, when he's a little kid, the Rams are his favorite team. So, uh, but, uh, so I should see the Browns, 
I'm thinking once or twice. Uh, of course, these guys will tell you that I've been known to fly across America to watch the Browns. Wow. Well, hey, that's a real true Browns fan, and I, I certainly appreciate that. And uh, if I was able to bring any joy to, to you and, and to your wife and to your children, uh, let me say you brought joy to my life, too, because nobody likes to, uh, to play in front of an empty uh, stadium or in an empty stadium. So I certainly appreciate that. And, uh, hey, feel free to call me anytime. And in case you're, you're ever looking for Bill and you can't find him, he'll be right here with me. Count sure on that. Appreciate that, Ray. Well, thanks for uh, taking my call, and uh, take care of these guys. Keep them out of trouble. Okay, sure will. Hey, okay, so before you go, Roger, i got to know, hey, you, you plan on making it back uh, to Cleveland this year? We're gonna, we need to get some tickets uh, for you? No, probably not. Uh, you know, Bill and I will probably watch all the games uh, at an Arizona bar. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, they, except, they're coming here. Except when they come here. They are coming oh, right, here this right, year. Right, right. So we might see them in uh, you know, in Arizona Cardinals uh, Stadium, and you'll have that Browns paraphernalia on. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. We, we went a couple of years ago when they played San Diego. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, this it's a little different than you know going into the black hole. You can, you can wear somebody else's paraphernalia here and uh, – the yeah. fans are a little respectful. They're getting pretty rowdy now. They're starting to win some games. Uh, you got to watch their consumption a little bit. But certainly, <laughs> I appreciate the fact that I got a chance to spend some time with you and uh, and go down memory lane. And uh, and you didn't tell me quite how long it's going to be before you give up on the Browns, did you? Uh, and I won't. I won't. You I won't. won't. Okay, that's. I, I'll, I'll be buried with Browns paraphernalia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. All right. So listen, uh, I'm, I think I'm going to. I had a couple guys on the line uh, with me. Uh, Henry, are you still there? Okay. Hello. Hey, Henry, you still there? Okay, good. Uh, Ron, I think Ron hung up. Ron, I want to apologize. Um, I, of course, was going to have a, a couple guests on the show with me, and and things went uh, a little bit over there. Ron Dixon is a former wide receiver uh, for the New York uh, uh, Giants, and uh, I was going to talk to Ron because. We would have played the Giants in that Super Bowl, you know, and uh, so I wanted to share a little bit with. But uh, I certainly want to make sure um, Roger is still there. But uh, I got a gentleman on the line now, Henry Clay. Henry is is, is the person who kind of got me in this crazy business, and and Henry, uh, of course, is there in Philadelphia. And I always like to ask him a little bit about what's happening in the city of brotherly love. Uh, of course, Michael Vick, they say he started off a little bit shaky, but, you know, was always able to get things under control and get a victory. We'll take a victory any way we can in the city of brotherly love. But, but, but Henry, this week, going into Atlanta, is the pressures off the field going to consume Michael and the distractions off the field? Are they going to consume Michael? You think he and his teammates will be able to stay focused and go in there to Atlanta and come out with a victory? Uh, first of all, I would like to thank the city of Cleveland <laughs> okay. uh, for the great gift that they gave the city of Philadelphia. A young man from uh, my home area of southwest Virginia, his name is Charlie Manuel. Thank you very much. We're getting ready to uh, to get to the playoffs again, which we hadn't done <laughs> until he got here consistently. Wow. Back to your question. <laughs> You, uh, so, 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 okay, yeah, that question was, Michael Vick, this week, you know, there's a lot going on in his life. He's going back into, uh, this is the first game he's going to be able to start because the last time they went, uh, I don't think Mike played in that game, but he's going to go back. He's obviously healthy. He's going to be the starting quarterback. There's going to be a lot of 
off the field distractions? Is he going to be able to focus and his teammates going to be able to focus and go in there and, and help the Eagles come out with a victory after Atlanta, you know, got beat pretty bad last week uh, and they're playing at home, I think, for the first time. Yeah, that it was. It, well, first of all, that game, I did see some uh, video from that Chicago game. Uh, it was very simple. They forgot to show up. They just didn't play well. Uh, will this be a an emotional test for Michael Vick? Absolutely. Uh, the players were off yesterday and today. Uh, the hype begins in the morning uh, when the players come in and the conference call, et cetera, start. Uh, I think that Andy Reid will have, uh, especially the public relations department and the other people who will be involved with this fight, uh, that will begin unfolding tomorrow. I think that they will be, um, instructed to, uh, kind of, uh, Make sure that it doesn't get out of hand. Well, is this is this a week of which you 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 lock the doors, you keep the media out simply because of the fact you know, uh, you know what happened with Mike in his past uh, compared to the last time where Mike wasn't going to participate in that game. Uh, is Andy Reid the kind that says that okay, the kind of guy that says okay, this week no media because you know again you guys are going to turn this whole thing into a circus and it's a football game and not a circus. Uh, yes, and there have been some instances where he has uh, tempered the media's uh, down a little bit. Um, but I think that uh, from what I have observed over the last 10 days or so with Michael Vick is this is a much stronger, much more focused young man than we ever got to see before his personal problems uh, hit the forefront. Um, I think Michael Vick will say, no more guys, I'm out of here. Uh, you know, I've answered your question. If you want to talk about football, we'll talk about football. But I don't think that he will allow uh, some hotshot reporters to really delve deeply into, uh, you know, the problems that he uh, had in his life. Hey, okay, I got a, a friend of mine now joining us, uh, Ron Dixon. Ron, I, I'm glad you were able to, to get back. I apologize. I got caught up in the Cleveland Browns uh, kind of euphoria, and, man, I was just in, in one of those zones. But, but. Ron, being a former wide receiver for, uh, for, for the, uh, Giants up there in New York, you know, the media capital of the world, uh, you know, I'm sure sometimes the locker room could get, you know, just out of whack because there's a story going on that's something that's off the field that has nothing to do with what happens on the field. Michael Vick is going to be distracted this week down there in Philadelphia with everybody wanting to talk about, you know, returning back to Atlanta, playing, you know, in the stadium. He didn't get to play last time, you know, uh, more of the off the field stuff than the on the field stuff. Do you in your mind, Ron, think that, that Mike is going to be able to focus and, and, and play a good football game and not be distracted by, you know, what the media wants to talk about as opposed to, you know, dealing with the Atlanta Falcons? I don't think that's going to distract him at all. I mean, look what he's come through. You know, look uh, the amount of mental um, stability stability he's had, had so far, you know, and that was some tough time for him just getting back into the NFL. And I think he'll handle this like a breeze. You know, that's my whole out, my outlook on it. I don't, I don't really see it. I mean, I'm sure it'll be some conversation and, you know, it'll be talked about, but I don't see that really taking him out of the, out of his game. Okay. I, I think I still got Roger. Roger, you still there? 
Oh, Roger may have hung up. Oh, okay. Well, that's okay. Bill, let me just ask you something. Bill, as, as a fan of the game, you know, you know, somebody who supported the Cleveland Browns, certainly uh-huh. the Browns have had its share of, you know, players that perhaps maybe had things going off the field. You know, to a fan, you know, if it's a player on your team, do you look at it differently than you do a player that's on an opposing team in terms of being able to, okay, it's almost like it's my child. If it's my child, yeah, there's some issues, but I'm going to deal with I love my child. I'm going to embrace my child. We're going to handle this. If it's somebody else's child, your perspective on whatever the issue is at hand, you're, do you look at it differently? And if that's the case, you know, Michael Vick, if he's on the Philadelphia Eagles team, maybe they embrace him. If he's, you know, the Atlanta Falcons, his old team, you know, are they not willing to look past those things that he did off the football field? You know, I, I think there is a lot of uh, unconditional love associated with the uh, relationships between a player and his hometown fans. If you take a look at uh, a certain Mr. James, you know, and his reception in Cleveland uh, uh, this past year, you know, that's a, a good indication of uh, how fans might treat you once you're not part of the the, the clan or the mm-hmm. tribe or the or the or the you know the group. Yeah, watch you know, that the, clan well, word. I'm sorry, I was like, oh my god, you know, it's like, oops, sorry, <laughs> right. didn't mean that. But being, you know, the context I'm saying. Yes, I mean, it's yes, like, it's sure. The, uh, it's the. Uh, uh, the, the that collective uh, feeling of belonging, you know, and, your family, and, your yeah, family, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And, and once once you're not part of the family anymore, well, then uh, you're uh, you're not, you know, it, it's not blood anymore. It's water, you know, and water's thinner than blood. So uh, and so you can you, you so in this particular case because now because of modern day free agency, you can you can go back to play, but sometimes you're embraced by those people. They appreciate it. Uh, in this particular case, when Michael goes on the field, uh, Ron, I'm going to ask you. You got to answer real fast, and, and then I, I, of course, want to hear from Bill. Ron, do you think they they welcome him with a standing ovation, or does he get booed? You know what? The way he's been playing is so remarkable. I think uh, he gets a standing o. Okay, okay, all right, uh, Bill. I'm asking you. You know, they're going in there. This is the NFC. You know, uh, they got their own quarterback. He's a young guy. Maybe his ego's a little fragile. Do you give Michael Vick, the opposing quarterback, a standing ovation? I think you receive him with uh, with respect and admiration. This this man has overcome some serious obstacles. Yeah, he's proven himself uh, off the field and on the field. I think uh, the discerning fan is going to appreciate the human triumph and 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 respect that i I think uh the the fans in atlanta get it and uh will will accept him give him a hand at the beginning of the game and root for him to get sacked on every play (laughs) there you go now that i can appreciate because uh, after all this is america and we do give people second chances so i think i'm gonna agree with you guys i think he gets a standing ovation at the beginning during player introduction once he's Puts that helmet on, and it's game time. Every time he gets sacked, there's a cheer for, of course, the home team. Hey, this has been a great show. I want to thank all my friends for calling in. I got I got Jeff out there. I got Roger out there. And, of course, I got Bill in the studio with me. And got my man for the Giants, Ron Dixon, former wide receiver. Thanks for joining. Ron will have his show with us coming up soon. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. And they stay there, and they stay there.